This episode of Inspiration Point is brought to you by the Quests and Chaos Podcast Network and the generous patrons over on patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we'd like to give a big shout out to Garlic Bread, Eric, and Spike. And at our Muse $20 level, we'd like to thank Prostaskis, Leroy, Kate, Jeremy, Jenna, Jacob, Falangor, Cheryl, A Bad Idea, Red Dead Coquette, and Robert Hans. Thank you for helping us bring a little inspiration out into the world. And now, on with the show. All right. Welcome back to definitely not session zero of this podcast. No, no. But it is always good to, to check in now and again and be like, how are you doing? How are things going? <laughs> so, hi, Adam. How are you? I am uh, in a contemplative, sort of somber mood at the moment. I, yeah, I'm uh, in a, like, I'm not upset or anything. I'm just, uh, I don't know, taking a, a solemn perspective, I suppose. All right. Um, Everything good? I know, I know. It's like, well, that makes me feel better. Not at all to hear you say it like that, right? More, more, like, more wow, like it. Just... I'm, I'm mildly concerned. Is everything okay? Yeah. Well, no, not really. We had some, some distressing news today, and um, not completely unexpected, but also not what we were hoping for. So. Oh, I'm sorry, man. You know, I guess I'll just come out with it and. Uh, you know, because I'm sure other people struggle with this kind of thing. I think everybody everybody struggles with with cancer in their family, mm. and uh, yeah, my it, we had it looked like my mom had beat what she had, and uh, she has not. So I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I it just just got that today. Um, but you know, I'm not as young as I used to be, and you know, my parents are getting long in the tooth, and. It's it's a reality that you that everyone has to, you know, kind of face, I suppose. And so I I guess I'm I'm handling it, but it it does make you think about the things that you're doing and and what you're putting out into the the universe, the ether. Mhm. You know? And so uh, to that end, I I guess I'm not like asking for pity or anything. I'm just um I'm 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 very glad that we we make something like this that I think is, you know, whatever size the audience is, it's a very, uh, I think, positive force for good in the world. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the world always needs a little bit more positivity out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more more positive content. Um, and uh, I guess it's just easier to make a lot of negative content. I mean, it, certainly it's easier to get people to click on it. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe people will want something different later on. Maybe there'll be a nice positive thing fad. You know, you remember when John Krasinski started that show uh, right at the start of the, the pandemic? Yeah. And it was called Some Good News. People thought that it was just the coolest thing for like two episodes and then they were like super over it. <laughs> It, it it was a sweet idea. Um, I'm not yeah. sure that he stuck the landing with how it was executed, but it was a sweet idea, and I do appreciate the attempt to try to put something 
good out into the world, especially in the midst of all that was going on then when everyone was so scared and isolated. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a little bit of comedy at the very least mm-hmm. uh, that I think people needed. And um, so anyway, just uh, remember that secret ingredient for those people that are closest to you and uh, cherish your time with them. Yeah, go out, go out and hug the people that you love. You never know. You never know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, with, uh, and, you know, it's not like the, the fight's over. There's there's more to go, but, I mean, it's not like she will live forever, right? Right. And so that is also, like, a reality that I think as, as grown-ups we have to face. And for young people, you know, I know it's, it's super hard for them, and, I'm very fortunate to have not had to have faced that kind of thing uh, much younger in my life, uh, as many I know have. So yeah, same. I've I've been in much the same place with. I mean, I mentioned in earlier episodes that my father has Alzheimer's. So you know, thinking about that yeah. and what that means, and watching because I was up in Alaska for a couple of weeks and yeah. just seeing the decline of this man who has always been this powerhouse in my life is, it's hard. It's, it's really Mm -hmm. hard to be an adult and see, because we all kind of know that it's going to happen, but it's an abstract for so long. And then it starts to not be. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like you, I am grateful that, you know, I've had my parents as long as I have. My dad is in his mid seventies. So, you know, that's, it's good that I've had him as long as I have, and you know, figuring out what go, what, what comes next, as we all must. Yeah, so I I I don't envy you in that position at all. I guess you know we all have our thing that we're we're wrestling with. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it, it feels weird now to try to transition into talking about <laughs> like role playing games and stuff like that. You know, because that's. By the way, this podcast, if you've this is the first time you're checking out, is uh, not about cancer. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I think almost anybody who is like an avid player in these games will will say how it has been a force of good in their lives, right? And how it's um, been helpful. Yeah, during the the height of the pandemic, there were weeks where I was playing nine to ten games a week. Because that was what was keeping me grounded. That was what was keeping me going day to day because I was so lonely and scared with what was going on um, that, you know, role-playing games literally helped keep me going. So yes, I, I, I do not underestimate the power of that. And I think that's part of why it's so important for me to feel like I'm getting it right mm. and that I'm like innovating i'm like moving somewhere right sure that, that that makes sense that's also a lot of pressure to put on yourself to be constantly innovating right uh, you know I've, there's been times where i've been like well i'll just design one campaign and then i'll i'll run it a bunch of times it's like when that when that opportunity comes around i never do it <laughs> you know i i like the it's like so unappealing to me right so it's it's what I want, and it's a lot of work, but it's like I don't know. I guess that's part of what's what's worth it to to me. And it's it's a, a funny thing that I I don't know if I'll ever be able to completely convey to my parents, like 
what it is to me because that's hard to put into words without like you know injecting years of experience with something that you love um you know i can try to compare it to something that they do um yeah it's also one of those things that's like harder to describe than i play the violin sure (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like oh like instantly i get it you know there's all this information i'm i'm passionate about the piano got it that makes tons of sense you know i play dungeons and dragons well what's that Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a game, but also not a game, but it's also kind of like story time, but it's also not story time. And it's also war gaming, but it's not that. I do appreciate things like Stranger Things uh, bringing Dungeons and Dragons more into the mainstream. And then when people are asking questions, having things like uh, Dimension 20 shorts or little clips from Critical Role to send to people and be like, this is kind of what's going on. Like, it, it, it conveys it a little bit better just to, like, be able to get, get a little bit of the experience. Well, and and sometimes that can color their expectations. Yeah, sure. For good or ill. Um, but it is nice to have it in the mainstream. It was nice to have the Dungeons & Dragons movie be yes. a pretty okay movie, you know? It was it was fine. It was great. Yeah, someone someone that I that I work with, I was chatting with on... Uh, Tuesday when when we when we were at work together and he told me that he had seen the the D and D movie he's like I don't really I, he does he doesn't play D and D he barely understands really about role playing games even with like four people in the studio who talk about it mm-hmm. but because we had been talking to him about it he was able to draw a little bit from that experience and then be like this is just a really great movie I just I had a lot of fun I didn't expect it to be as silly as it was because you know. He had the expectation that Dungeons and Dragons was very serious. Like you sit around a table and you stare at maps and you just talk in very serious tones. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's like <laughs> six to seven nerds sitting around the table in their pajamas, yelling at pieces of plastic for coming up with the wrong number. <laughs> That's very accurate. <laughs> with like Cheeto dust all over their fingers. Yeah. And- yeah, stuff like that. It's it it is social time for for they who lack social prowess sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, and I and I say that as as certainly not a disparagement. Um, I think another part of the value of this show, however, is you know hopefully helping people understand how to get along with each other a little bit better. Yeah. Cause it's a, cause it, it's not just like a hangout play thing. Mm-hmm. It's also a creation thing. It's yeah. a creative thing. And creative collaboration is always kind of like a pool for um, some kind of discord, you know, some, some budding of the heads. Sure. And I mean, social skills are exactly that they're skills. They are things that can be yeah, learned. Yeah. Like I know people, who have more difficulty with it than others. And, you know, it's it can be really hard if you're not starting from a natural, like, higher point. But you can get there. Yes, you can. And it's really satisfying when you watch somebody kind of, when you can see the lights sort of coming on for them and they're, they're getting what you mean, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, no, I really like this. And not everyone experiences that. Some people give it, a fair shake and they walk away, you know, and that's perfectly fine. Totally fair. Um, 
I, I spent a lot of last uh, episode uh, talking about how I don't like football. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not like I don't understand that the the game itself is important to people. Sure. Uh, that athleticism and exercise and achievement and IRL feats, you know, um, are are cool. It's it's just not your thing. It's just it's just not my thing. Um, and you know, much like <laughs> the various religions of the world, mm-hmm. it's uh, been the people that have turned me off more than oh boy, yeah. Than than a lot of things. Um, we'll go too deep into that one. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that that could be its whole other a whole other conversation. But today, uh, we're we're looking at uh, the beginning of those of those creative processes, the moment when you get everyone together for the first time, and you have your session zero. Yes, because I think uh, the best follow up to talking about death is talking about new beginnings, yes. right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I was thinking about session zero, obviously, because I have a big session zero coming up very soon, uh, and by soon I mean tomorrow. Yes, and we're 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 recording this the day before it's going before the the Westgate session zero actually happens. It won't come out for you know another month, so you know I I, I get the sneak peek on uh, some of the session zero stuff. Maybe there'll be Tiana edits that are like, "This did not work. Do not try this." <laughs> Oh, now I have to. Now I'm gonna have to think about that while I'm editing to, to be like to like make notes about the different games and whatever, and be like, nope, nope, don't do that one again. <laughs> or hey, that worked out really well. I want to try that in every game that I do from now on. At 35 minutes, Adam said, "This we'll see results." <laughs> 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 I mean, you joke. Question mark? I mean, you joke, but I am pulling up my notebook specifically to take notes on some of the suggestions that you're about to make. A professional editor like you taking timestamp notes? No way. Never. Not a, not a chance. Not a chance. I, I mean, uh, Andrew used to timestamp me just for swearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, sidebar, I don't often timestamp. I do a little bit more when I'm producing for video content, but that's because video is so specific in how you have to edit. I have gotten to the point where I can, I, I can cut words in the middle of words and make it sound like, because like, I have a stutter. So I'm able to cut it if I, like, I do four repetitions of the same word. I can cut it so it sounds like there's only two, which is slightly less embarrassing. Okay. And I've gotten very good at cutting in the middle of the sound, uh, in the middle of the wave file. Wow. But, you know, I'm less good at that with video. So I don't usually take, I actually usually don't take notes, uh, timestamp notes. I, I'll go through and like drop markers for where I want different sound effects and music. But that I think is different. That's after I've gone through the whole editing process and gotten a feel for where where I want things to be. Well, that is... Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's the, the same with art. Like, there's a, a bunch of steps I teach to the kids to do, and then I skip most of them <laughs> when I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, w- once you've internalized the steps, you can choose whether or not to use them. It's like the, the, the rules of grammar. You know, if you know them, you know, you know when to break them, and you know when they don't work. <laughs> hey, for some reason, I still understand caveman speech, you know, um, <laughs> in cartoons and stuff. You know, it's, it's shocking how that works out. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, session zero, uh, you know, we've talked about session zero on 
this show many times in the past. Um, but I, what I wanted to get into is something I haven't seen very much of, and it's this idea of uh, session zero activities, mm-hmm. like fun ways to interact with each other during session zero. So for those of you that, that don't know, session zero is usually a time that players and the GM get together and they discuss the campaign and they make their characters. That's probably the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Uh, what what are some typical uh, staples you see in session zero? Just real quick to, to get that baseline. Um, the things that I insist on in any session zero that I'm part of is going over things like safety tools. So, you know, refer- making sure that everyone knows that the X card, which is the... This thing, this thing uh, very much does not work for me. We need to stop and reassess, is, is effectively what that is. Um, make sure that that's in play. Uh, find out, you know, talk about tones, the, the tone of the game and themes that, that are going to be uh, part of the game. Um, there is no, for, for my games, there is no racism, homophobia, or sexism because I don't, I don't deal with that. That's too much real life. I'm not interested in that. But, you know, I also say that. Other GMs have different opinions, which is fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to to yuck other people's yum. Um, I, I I skirted the edge of that rule uh, during my last session of Gnarled Frontier, mm. um, which I haven't heard anything back. But you know, uh, I don't know if I'll do it again. <laughs> uh, but I had an NPC who was basically Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> But but for bugbears. Oh gosh. <laughs> and I mean that that's all, that, that's not to say that that those sorts of things don't show up necessarily, but they are uh, unequivocally shown to be you know bad. Right. Yeah. He was not. I was not displaying him as like an intelligent man. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, okay, hopefully I don't get a bunch of angry notes. But <laughs> if anyone didn't like that, please do let me know. Yeah, absolutely. We'll. Reassess, but yeah, saying stuff like uh, "what is allowed at the table" is is super important. What's another common staple? Uh, and like you pointed out, generally the the session zero is when um, either characters are fully built, or you go through the last like iterations to smooth things out, make sure that you know you have the, the the kind of character that works well with the build of the others. If there's four druids at the table, you may need to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, you might. And that might be, won't it be super fun that there's four druids, you know? Um, or it could be, okay, let's have one druid, yeah. you know? However, we we decide to do it. Um, I started noticing it in chat, you know, and this often happens. So it's not like weird. But uh, people are like, oh, I was thinking about playing monk, but I guess you called it. So, and it's like, you guys can be monks. Yeah, I, I've I've had games where there is like more than one of of a class because the subclasses are just so different, and that's fine. Like, there's a there's a short game that I want to run sometime that's called uh, like a bard out of hell. That is the oops all bards campaign. Yeah, well, and bard is like made to be very versatile and and help you kind of focus in a certain direction. Yeah. And so they could be quite different from each other. And ditto with clerics and ditto with different uh, subclasses of druid. Uh, different Wizards are a little bit iffy on that, but you could have very differently flavored wizards and have, you know, the wizard school out on adventures. 
If the if the GM never gives out spell scrolls, they will be different <laughs> from each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, that's something that I've been having to think about because Vandelver and Below has a wizard, and I'm like, okay, I have to remember to to, to get him <laughs> access to spells. I want his book to be yes. as full as I can get it. Yes. Uh, one one way I, I know this is not our topic, but like one quick way is when he when you defeat another wizard, they might have their own book that has a few. Yeah, fair. And like in little clumps. Um, so I, I yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, it's also called Session Zero, be, so as to imply that the game hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we are about to start, but we're trying to cover things that, uh you know, now so that we can start for realsies next time. Yeah. And it's also a, a time to to look at it and assess and go, oh, this is very different than I thought it was going to be. And if that's a problem, if that's a deal breaker, now is the time to pull out. Like, you can leave a game at any point. But if you're able to look at it and go, oh, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be and I'm not going to have fun. A session zero is a great time to be like, I no harm, no foul. I need to step out. Yeah. Um, you might realize it's not a good fit group wise, which I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not love your build. Like you might be like, oh man, I want to be a warlock. And then you show up and there's three warlocks <laughs> and you're like, eh. um, you know, there's, a, there's a myriad of things. So anyway, let's get to the activities. And the idea is that these are like little games or, or activities that you can do, uh, with your group. And, um, some of these I've kind of tried and others I've never tried before. Oh, goody. I love that. Um, Truly. I, I'm excited for that. So I, w- I would love to get your candid opinion on any, uh, on all of these. Um, like, all wow, right. that is the worst. Because um, <laughs> then I'll probably extra do it. Um, I mean, of just course. To see just, just to bad see it if, it, if it really is that bad. <laughs> hey, Tiana, you were right. That was real <laughs> dumb. Um, okay. So fun things to do in session zero. Number one, uh, we we were just talking about how like sometimes people don't want to overlap too much. Um, so you could create like a visual organizer and then uh, give players like little like tokens or pogs that uh, represent them. Mm-hmm. And then you put this in like a grid, right? So you, and your columns are all like, uh, you know, a healer. Uh, tank, uh, lock picking, knowledge checks, um, stealth, you know, stuff like that. Okay. And, and then on the, the rows are your player names, right? Very simple. And then you just check off or put your little token there to show like kind of what's being covered in a visual way. And then, uh, you know, people can just work on that at the same time. I really like that because I'm a very, I'm a very, I'm someone who needs to see things because I have, I have difficulty picturing things. So yes, I, same, same. Right. And I know the classes well enough that I can be like, oh, you're playing a rogue. You likely have X, Y, and Z, but it's really nice to be able to lay it out and be like, you know, I'm going to be the skill monkey. You're going to be more of the charisma person. Uh, This person's the healer. This person's the tank. This person's probably the DPS. We'll see how the build actually works out. Um, I really like that. I think that's a great idea. Awesome, because I was thinking about doing that one tomorrow. Good. Um, you know, and it's also a thing where you could you could make a rule where you're like, okay, once the square is full, you know, we can't have two in there. I wouldn't recommend that. No. 
I think it I think it's a good way to just say, okay, there's like five people on lockpick, you know. Use that to consider how you will. Yeah. Right? Is that interesting to you? It's like, well, my other thought was tank and nobody put a thing there. So, you know, I maybe I'll go that way. Because usually a lot of us come to the table thinking, I have like five different builds I want to try. <laughs> so at least once you get like kind of avid about it. So or if you're just I, me, maybe I'm just talking about me. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that's just you because I well, no, sorry. Maybe it's just me that's weird because like I know a lot of people <laughs> who come who have just like a million builds that they want to do. I build each character for each campaign and it's kind of based on what's already there. Like I'm planning to play a forge cleric for for uh-huh. for this game coming up cuz you know, cleric yep. is kind of my go-to and I've never played a forge cleric before and you know, all that I really have in my head right now is Gwendolyn Christie as Forge Cleric. <laughs> that's pretty much all. Yeah. That's pretty much all I've got right now, and it's like, and you know, I'll be developing the rest of it as I find out what everyone else is doing. Oh, I already. I just came up with an interesting idea how to use that. Anyway, um, yeah, no, good, good call. Uh, weapons are going to be important in this. Game. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, um, yeah, that's one. Hey, Editing Tiana here. Uh, I'm not going to be doing this for every one of the points, but I did want to interject with uh, some insight from the future of when we recorded this for the ones that we actually did for the Westgate Session Zero. So we did do this one. It was the second thing that we did in the overall Session Zero, and I, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. So... It was something that would have done better if we had actually like talked about our character builds in depth as part of it or before that section came up, which we really hadn't as of yet. And it kind of made things slow down a little bit. Um, so what we had, we had a divided up board on roll 20 and we put our tokens into things that our characters would specialize in. So things like the diplomat or the tank or DPS, if we were single target or multi-target, if we were ranged or melee, so on and so forth. It did help us get a reasonable view of what was in the party and what was missing from the party, but it slowed things down a lot because it forced us to focus on our own individual stuff and not necessarily how it fit into the overall pattern, which was interesting. I didn't see that coming in particular. Um, I think I would like to try it again, but in a little bit more of a controlled fashion where it comes after the full, hello, my name is Hakoi, I am a forge cleric, and this is my deal and just run down the list that way so that everyone would have a generalized idea of who each person was in advance. Anyway, it's an interesting concept and I want to play with it some more, but I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Okay, uh, here is another one that is like, you're definitely gonna like raise an eyebrow to this one. Okay. It's the same kind of idea, but it's a character draft. And so, Take a bunch of character attributes, like I said, and instead of putting them in a grid, make little cards or like post-it notes or something like that, that just say them. Okay. So like you have a post-it note and let's say it says Paladin. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have another one up there and it says uh, Stealth. Another one says Archery, whatever. Okay. And then what happens, you know, honestly, it would probably work better if it was just like race, 
class background. Sure. Right? Something like that. Something simple. So, And that's already lots of cards. And then the idea is for h- however it is that you selected this, somebody goes first, they pick something off the board, and now that thing is no longer selectable, right? And then you go down the line, and when you go get to the last person, you then go in reverse order. So the last person essentially goes twice, hmm. right? And then, uh, then you just pick things off the board, and that ends up being kind of how you how you choose what your character gets to be able to do. Um, it guarantees variation. Uh, other than that, it, it wouldn't necessarily like help right. other than it's just like kind of a fun thing to do. Right. And it could be at the end of the exper- experiment, you're just like, well, I hate what I got. Okay. <laughs> fine. You know, let's, let's redo it, you know? Sure. Um, or maybe there's so many cards that, even within your limits, there's still plenty of choices. You know, I don't know. I, I think that that could be a fun thought experiment to like play around and then be like, oh, you know, a Minotaur Bard. That wasn't something I would have thought of on my own, but that's what I ended up with. And that's an interesting idea. I would very much hesitate to do that for actual character creation for anything more than maybe a four to six shot. Right. Yeah. Something maybe smaller. You know, this is also one of those things where don't just spring this on your players. Oh, like, yeah. by the way, this is what we're doing. Because um, this this could definitely alienate people if you're if you're not really really cool. You know. Yeah. Um, it's just at, ask first for a lot of these. Yeah. Well, and that one specifically uh, because like I've been watching people talking about character builds in the Discord, and it's like. That particular requirement would need to be part of like, hello, players, welcome to the game. Here's how we're doing stats. Here's how we're doing races. Here's how we're doing feats. And this is how you're building the characters. Full stop. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think that the the two ideas that I've listed are are similar. And the first one's probably the, the much more approachable method. Yeah. Uh, though the second one may be more exciting. Let's say. <laughs> But exciting can mean a lot of things. Well, sure. <laughs> but it, there is a reason why why there's a, the curse. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> right. That's literally a line that your main character will say over and over again. Like just one of the click on lines in Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, really? It's like, hey, I shouldn't have wished to live in more interesting times. You know, I, I, I was um, saying the other day that I really wish that I, that I could stop living in unprecedented times because I'm really tired of it. <laughs> Well, to be fair, everyone did live in unprecedented times. I mean, every time is unprecedented in some way, but (laughs) it was specifically around everything going on in the House of Representatives right now, where I was just like, really? Can we just have adults in the room for five minutes? Not get into politics, but that was definitely the moment where it was like, this is truly unprecedented. This has never happened in our history. What is going on? Unprecedented? (laughs) 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 Uh, anyway, uh, it is actually precedented, unfortunately. Like, oh, I mean, in, like, like removing a guy is one thing, but, uh, they've been acting like children since Jefferson and Adams. Oh, yeah, you know? it's, like. It's tale as old as time. We, we, we have, we have yet to have, like, someone get caned on the, on the Senate floor. We haven't had that in a couple hundred years, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since, you know, Burr and Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And at least they did it outside, you know, so that's something. Um, okay, so 
Kahoot questionnaire. So I'm an educator, so I'm familiar with some of this stuff, maybe more than others. Uh, your kids, you know, or the younger people in the audience might be more familiar with Kahoot's. But basically any sort of app or even just sitting around with note cards and asking trivia questions. Oh, okay. This is a an interesting way to sort of earn points. And I'm going to talk about what you might be earning points for later. Okay. But this this could be questions largely about rules, mm. right? Or how the systems work. Like, in order to disarm an enemy, you must... And then, like, someone buzzes in and says, right? And then maybe that gets rewarded or not. Neither way, it results in a discussion and an explanation of some of the more arcane things out there. It's a, it's a way, I think, for a GM who's maybe been with a group already mm. to... Um, shore up some of those places where they saw that it was weird or a little bit weak. For sure. Make sure that they know things like the actual flanking rules. Right. Like, in you know, are we going to use that and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it's a way to kind of get some points, which are going to be for the fun rewards later. And it's a way to, again, just review the book. Um, I wouldn't make like a hundred questions necessarily. <laughs> Um, but you know, just get some of the, the big ones that are irritating you. Maybe a few inside jokes for your group. Sure. You know, how, how, how I mean, you, you are an educator. How many of those sorts of questions would you come up with if you were doing this for your like D and D club? So I would probably say like 20 questions. I think 20 is a really great number. Um, so that that way it's like. Like, okay, that was a fun diversion, but I'm done and I'm ready to do something else. Sure. Um, the other thing is, is you don't want this to be so much prep on your side that you're like, oh my God, session zero is usually the more relaxing <laughs> thing for the GM. And now this is my big stressor. Uh, the other thing you got to be careful with um, is um, start like coming off as like um, condescending, mm. you know, like okay, kids, let's make sure that you all know. It's like, bro, we're all the same age. You know, like, I don't like to be talked to you like that. So it, it might, it, it, it will take some tact on on the person, on the GM doing the delivery here to be like, okay, all right, let's see what uh, is on the board here. Guys, what, how far is the dark vision of a drow? What do you think? And, you know, someone says 120 feet. Good job. You did it. Really? You get 120 feet on that? No way. Oh, let's check the book real quick. Oh, look, it is. Um, just like you're part of the fun and discovery. Right. And the, like, like yeah. oh, no, this uh, I made this a question because uh, I wasn't clear about it. When we had talked about grappling, we just made some stuff up. Uh, then I, I thought, well, I'll read what the book actually says and. You know. And actually do what the do what the book says. No, I, I like that, <laughs> especially if you can present it as like a game show host type of thing, where it, where it's like there's some tongue in cheek, yeah, you know. where it's silly as as opposed to like calling people out. And if you do do it, and you are with a group that you've been with for a while, um, singling people out is generally uh, a bit not good. Absolutely, at least not absolutely. in front of other people. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk to people about behavior, do it in private first. So here's another education-y thing you can do. Uh, 
And, and I, I keep coming back to post-it notes because they're like cheap and accessible and e- just easily a, a really an easy way to visualize information mm-hmm. quickly. Right. So because the most you can usually put on a post-it note is about a sentence. You know, uh, oftentimes you just put one or two words. So um, but anyway, I w- y- you brought up um, flanking. And uh, so one of the things you got to go over in session zero is what your uh, house rules are going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So are we going to be using flanking? Are we going to be using higher ground? Are we going to be using sanity? Uh, especially with uh, all the stuff that Baldur's Gate 3 did. Oh, sure. There's I've already had a lot of discussion of can we use the Baldur's Gate 3 rules on this aspect? Right. Um whether they think that's really like so like Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't care if you cast more than one spell of a level higher than zero in a in a given turn. Right. If one of them is a bonus action, then you get to cast two spells. Right. Okay. Um like it it just doesn't care, right? And so that's fine. It's a different medium, right? I might adopt that. But then there's other things that where they're like, okay, jumping is a bonus action and it effectively increases the amount of space you can move in a turn. And the jump distance okay. is far larger than it is in the book. Oh. Uh, where, where we're watching people like leap across buildings and stuff, which is freaking awesome. And, that's, that's, and it's very <laughs> video gamey, right? Like that is something that is kind it's of very video unique gamey. to the medium. Right. And then I was like, okay, no, I'm going to calculate jump distance in person for every player every time no no thank you (laughs) um you know as a bonus action forget it yeah get out of here with that not gonna not gonna work it's just gonna be too cumbersome okay we're gonna this is gonna be part of your move like it's always been and it's fixed by your strength score so which makes you want to get slightly further let's make an athletics check yeah okay um, so anyway, with the, the idea with the post-its was you, you, or using like a doc sharing app or anything. Uh, I was also thinking about using like a tier list maker, um, and having like a row of, I don't want this. I definitely do want this. I must have this. Um, please, you know, I can live with this, but I prefer not, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Sure. And then people can take their their notes or cards or whatever and put it into one of the categories. And so the the cards could be anything that you've ever heard of, stuff that the GM has suggested or or whatever. And it's again, it's just an easy way of of kind of getting to the discussion because here's what happens, right? You're sitting around the table with your buddies, and you're like, does anyone have any questions about uh, house rules? You're going to get less feedback that way Mm -hmm. than by doing a silly activity like this where I'm like, okay, I'm going to give each of you a post-it note on the, on the, on the note. I want you to write a house rule, uh, that you like really love or like really don't like, you know, something like that. And then I'm going to make, you know, some columns over here, put the post-it note where it's supposed to go. Well, that also that also could be a good way to like propose the house rules that you as the GM want to bring in specifically. So you write down the house rules that you are considering, 
um, and get the the vibe of the room. For example, you mentioned the the leveled spell thing. Um, I have had it. I have had it in games with effectively the the critical role uh, house rule, where when mm-hmm. once you hit eighth level, um, you can then cast two leveled spells as long as one of them is mm-hmm. third level or lower. Right. And I like that. I like that as a way of being like, yeah, if you want to dump your like seventh level and a third level spell in the same turn, you're chewing through your resources faster. So I'm right. I'm okay with that. I'm going to encourage that even. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think that that's a good way of like you know dinging as you as you level up. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, and you don't necessarily want to overload players with options too early. Um, too early. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was actually, I was having that problem on Baldur's Gate where I was like respecting characters. Oh. And then I was, and then I was already at uh, level 12, which is the max in the, in the game. And I was like, this character's too complicated. I put him back in and I made a champion fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, champ, 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 <laughs> I like, champion fighter is a great thing to default to if you're just like I, I can't, I cannot brain. I have, I've done that with uh, when I've come into campaigns, just been like I have no brain, so I'm going to do something where it's like I hit the thing twice and then and then go back to what I was doing. Absolutely, and you know what? He's perfectly effective. Yeah. So no problems. <laughs> But yeah, I think that that could be a, a fun way for players to also propose house rules or other rules that they are interested in in having in, like flanking or attacking from above or that sort of thing. Because those are not ne- those are uh, optional rules, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're optional rules. Um, and then, of course, there's what the D- the DMG has to say about them, and then there's what you know you did at you know Fred's house and the way you played over there, right? Um, it's like every time you sit down to play Monopoly, every table has a different idea about what free parking does. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's, what's your house's version of free parking? So what we what we would do is all of the like fine money uh, would go in the free parking space or like in the middle of the board. Oh, yeah, we do that, too. And, and then, yeah, when you land on it, you, you get the pot. Yeah, that's that's exactly what what my family does. It gives that that uh, that corner a little bit more zest. A little more zest. Um, and personally, I've I've had to make some rules about jail because jail is actually should be called sanctuary <laughs> in the later parts of the game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, okay, so one way to just go over house rules because like this is a kind of thing I do with students about you know, various other topics, of course. And it's just because, again, if I sit there and say, does anyone have any questions? The answer is going to be no. Yeah. Right. Or it's going to be the one kid that always talks. Yeah, that's true. You know, and then I'm I'm still not going to be able to get, you know, the shy person to, to say anything, you know, and then I'm going to call on them and then they're going to feel called out mm-hmm. and embarrassed and they're going to freeze up more. You know, it's not not useful if I if it's amazing what just putting a little piece of paper in front of them in a pen and letting them just put it up hidden with everybody else, you know, gives them just that little bit of confidence to think that little bit of anonymity is really nice. It's very nice. It's very nice. You know, and that's that took me a long time to realize I, I didn't just have to, like, try harder to make everyone learn the way I thought that they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I feel like that's the I feel like that, that's the first level up as a teacher is uh, what I was taught in school works sometimes, but it is not the be all end all. <laughs> I mean, everything mm-hmm. about adulthood has been that way for me. Yeah, um, very fair. Hey, editing Tiana here. We did this one. It was absolutely fantastic. I actually did not expect it to be as good as it was because it kind of started off a little bit slow. Um, We were on a page in Rule 20 where Adam had put all the different house rules that he was suggesting, things like dealing with encumbrance, dealing with things like taking Goodberry out of the game entirely, you know, some things that we have discussed recently. But then he threw it open and said, what are the house rules that you are most interested in seeing? And it turned into a really great discussion because everyone had something that they had either played with before or they had seen somewhere else and they and everyone brought something in. And it made for some really interesting, great discussions that I think are going to really carry into the game. So I loved this. I highly recommend it. I think that it should be in pretty much every session zero if possible. Okay. Uh, This one, I think almost everyone's done. Uh, Just a simple form. It's not really an activity necessarily. Mm -hmm. Although it could be thought of that way if you release it and give it to everyone at the same time. And you're all sitting down to do it. The form is just going to put everything for your session zero in a basic, like, click on your favorite, uh, write a small sentence, you know, kind of responses like you would like you would see in any form, right? Sure. So I might ask questions like, what sort of video games would you like to take inspiration from? And then I might list like five games and maybe they're uh, maybe it's multiple choice. Maybe it's like a check all um google forms is a super easy to use. oh yeah it's great for that so i like it plus you get to look at the data afterwards and go hmm, a lot of people a lot more people like this than i thought and you don't necessarily have to feel like completely bound to it um but it's certainly worth a thought well and it also it also helps you get the vibe of what people are actually looking for so that you know you you can come in with your tone at plans and then and then not you you don't get surprised if if uh, the the tones vary because you uh, you you've sent this out before uh, pre session zero while you were while you were planning to be like what are you guys looking for what kind of thing are you interested in yes uh, I yeah and that is why I ended up going with Greek fantasy yep. I I think if I had just done whatever I wanted to do at that moment it probably would have been Theros specifically. Um, which basically is Greek fantasy. Yeah, basically. Uh, it's just the gods would have had different names. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, and I did like that it was like more tied to real life because then Kate could use her her ge- her, her geekiness over uh, Greek myths, which was great. Yes, every now and then you guys would be like, "Well, wasn't it this way?" And I'd be like, "Uh, not this version." Like, yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, isn't that strange that it's not that way? Huh. Pe- hmm. pe- peculiar. And they're like, ooh, mm-hmm. he didn't know. <laughs> Honestly, I never read that as as you didn't know. It was more for me like, oh, oh he's good. chosen not to go that direction with that. I'm a, I'm a good actor then. <laughs> um, it helps that I can't see you. There was one time where I was like, okay, no, I legit did choose to go in a different direction. Um, but... Uh, you know, the, the the gods are fun that way. They can just make them what you need them to be. Well, and there's so many versions um, that you might as well. 
You might as well. Um, hard to keep it all straight. Mm-hmm. They certainly don't try. Yeah. So I, I the next bullet point I had here was my reward system, but I'm going to come back to that later. Um, hypothetical situations uh, is uh, something that this is this could also really get you into trouble <laughs> if you're too condescending yeah. of a person. Right. So um, it's basically a series of scenarios that you ask as questions. Uh, I'll just give you the example. Okay. Okay. Um, see, what did I write? During a combat, the fighter asked the GM how to use grapple. The wizard knows the answer, but wasn't asked. What should the wizard do? A. Defer to the GM. B. Blurt out the answer. C. Offer to answer. D. Wait a tick before offering to answer or simply answering. I mean... I know that the correct answer is A. Um, my my unfortunate tendency is to uh, is to tend toward toward uh, C or D. Well, I, I would actually, well, on the one hand, I appreciate that and I like A very much. It may be my favorite, <laughs> right? I know it's your favorite, but I I think D is very acceptable, right? Um, I think that that uh, C is also pretty good. I think. The only like wrong answer is B, sure. and the reason I f- I believe that the wrong answer is B, is because as a GM I don't like when questions are directed to me, and then other people answer it because I feel like I'm being undercut in my role, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not that's rational, that's how I feel about it. So, so I'm not going to necessarily say Tiana that's correct or incorrect, right? As much as I'm going to just want to talk about it. So that's a situation that could realistically come up in anyone's game, right? And so that was just a different way of saying, here are some of my preferences as a GM mm-hmm. that could be a little bit more discussion-oriented. Sure. No, if you say, uh, if you answer B, uh, you're an idiot and you should go home. Um, you know, obviously that's... That's starting things off on the wrong foot. That's starting foot. things off the wrong foot. I think I will take that advice and just go home. Um, <laughs> not because I disagree, but because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a vibe. <laughs> hard liners are hard to play with. They really are. They're really hard um, to play with because uh, I'm the kind of person that needs lots of grace. Oh, I think everyone is. I think everyone needs a lot of grace, whether they want to admit it or not. Very true. So anyway, you could create a a handful of these. You know, I would say you know five or six. Um, yeah, I'm 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 not sure about this one. Sure. Like this is this is one that I think even if you present it as gently as possible, there is still there's such a high risk of it coming across as being a little bit more like like you said before, a little more condescending, a little bit more okay, class. Here's what we're doing. Right. Um. I think this one, for me at least, is too high risk for too little reward. Yes. So maybe I'll put this one in my pocket for when I literally am working with students <laughs> and not with, like, people my own age. Um, sure. Because, yeah, we, we definitely don't like that as much. Uh, unless I were to, uh, I might offer it and say, here's the thing I, I would like to do. What do you think? And if people opt in, then great. Um, sure. And, and and offering that as an option might not be a bad idea just to be like, you know, what 
what are the social mores here so that you can discuss them in advance without uh, running up against them in the middle of a situation and then, you know, having that replay in the back of your head for the next 30 years? Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, uh, the next one, this one's really easy. This is the combat test drive. Uh, sometimes your build makes sense in your brain, and then you do it, and then you're like, oh, I don't like that. Um, plus, it's fun. You know, have a have a combat that's either part of the canon or not. Uh, probably isn't. And then you then players probably still have at least a week before your next session. Right. So they can yeah. still make adjustments. And then maybe you can draw more of a hard line after that. But, you know, if I one time I played uh, a character who is a Yanti Eldritch Knight who was focused on like poison spells as like a theme. And I thought that was super cool. And then I played it and I was like, that is, that also sounds incredibly limiting. It was insanely limiting. Plus it turns out that like a lot of things resist poison or are immune to it. Uh huh. And so it was like neat idea, probably for a monster, but not great oh, for sure. a player. Uh, way too limiting and i was like if i was i you always have to come back to if i was a champion would i have more fun <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my yeah, measuring I, stick it's a, it's a good measuring stick i honestly really love this idea i think that it's a great way especially if people are trying out a class they've never tried before uh it's a great way to have an absolutely no stakes trial of the build that you're thinking about going into i like that a lot i think uh, i may borrow that in the future good good um, another thing that it will do is it'll let you know kind of where your players are at knowledge wise without mm -hmm. having to ask them a lot of questions. So if they're like, how do I do my attack roll? You're like, oh, OK, we're going to start at level one. Yeah, we need to start back at the very beginning. OK, cool. Good to know. Right. If they're like mashing all their macros beforehand, I might say, eh, let's start at level three. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I think we can skip skip the tutorial. Um, so it's a good way of knowing that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, player character relationship conspiracy board. <laughs> I love conspiracy boards. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things in when, when I, when I'm into the redacted reports is when we sit down and just like throw all of our knowledge out and see what connects with what I love it. Um, yeah. Murder boards for the win. Even just like whiteboard, like with a bunch of people like up and riding at the same time, there's good energy there. Yeah. I like that. It really is. It's it's this beautiful collaboration because it's like, oh, you have this. I can connect to this. Yes. And and that's part of it is it's and uh, this is something, you know, we, we talked about during Fate School quite a lot as like it was even part of the character creation was like how you were connected with other people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um. So, like, let's say we write your character name, Grug Thar, and uh, it's just a, a, a note. And then there's the other player, and it's uh, Mazelda. And then they are going to string together, but they can't. It's just not, not just a string. It, they have to go somewhere together, right? And then you have to explain how that happened. And so card number three in this case might be, like, House Fire. Ooh, okay. You know, um, or kidnapping or, uh, you know, a natural disaster. You know, whatever you want, mm -hmm. 
And then the t- it's like, okay, uh, Mazelda and Grogthar explained to me uh, how this worked, right? And then they can kind of improv and explain, right? And now they're tying their characters together. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, and then other players can be like, oh, oh, I have an idea. I want to be in there too, and I'm going to string over there as well. Um, and this is how I was involved, right? And that can work. Editing Tiana here. As I said in the actual episode, murder boards are one of my absolute favorite things, and I loved how this one came together. So the way that we did it was there was, in the center of the board was Westgate. In a circle around Westgate were the themes of the overall game. So it's things like the threefold god and the heresy about that, about people people's souls disappearing, about soul weapons, about uh, undead giants that are happening, and a vigilante running loose in the city of Westgate. And then outside of that was all of our names. Now, this was the point where we all introduced our characters to each other and kind of what their deal was. I think that part should have come before our grid thing. But I, again, that was uh, something that I would want to play with and see what exactly would work. But as we went through, we started, we were looking at all the different things and saying, okay, what would my character be most interested in and would draw on their knowledge of religion, politics, um, social structure, economics, whatever. What would they be the most interested in? And then we drew a line from ourselves to that thing. So my character, Hakoi, is a forge cleric, so they are the most interested in the things that deal with religion and the things that deal with the weapons. And then we also talked about connections between the characters and how did we know each other and what is a point of interest between people. So like Hakoi gave Fig work because Fig is looking for jobs to do around the place as a young warlock who's figuring themselves out. And it was really cool to play with all of that and look at all of that on the murder board as we were talking about the connections that we had drawn between ourselves and other people and ourselves and the events. It was really well done. I loved it. It prompted some really great discussions. We didn't play out any scenes or anything as will be discussed in the next portion of this particular episode. Oops, spoilers, sorry. Um, But we did have a lot of conversations about the kinds of things that connected all of us together. And especially because this is a bigger group, I believe we have six players. It was really cool to start off with that level of connection between everyone, and I thought it was really well done. I loved it. And then the the next uh, idea is the same thing, but without the board. And this is what mm. I did uh, for Wrath of the Scorned. Oh, I loved that. It was just, okay, I'm just going to ask you questions. <laughs> And then just answer me. <laughs> and that's all it was. And people liked it like way more than I thought they were going to like it. Well, it, it was it was really helpful because one of the hardest things, in my opinion, is the very beginning of a campaign where it's like, how do you know these people and why do you care? Right. And I find that to be one of the hardest parts of beginning any campaign, both as a player and as a GM, to be like, what is my connection to these people? Why am I going through hell and back with them? Literally. Um, uh, until the point where, where the trauma bonding kicks in. 
So, yeah, well, that's going to come naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and trauma bonding is going to happen over the course of a campaign because you go through all these horrible things together. But getting to that point needs a little bit more oomph. You know, I think of it like um, an episode of The Simpsons, right? Uh, when you watch The Simpsons, that it always starts out with some sort of plot situation. And mm-hmm. then that that whole situation is like abandoned halfway through. And we are now entirely in a different situation. And like the whole plot is just connecting those two events. Right. And that's like what they do pretty much episode to episode. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I've, I've never I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Simpsons. Oh, really? Oh, well, the whole thing's up on yeah, Disney I, Plus. <laughs> I believe it. the humor has just never appealed to me. Well, you, what, what, what bits of it I've seen. I think if you come into it now. And didn't have it in the '90s. It's sure. It's not going to hit the same because you already have like Family Guy and South Park. I mean, I, I mean, I, I also haven't watched those, so maybe I'm a little bit more like clean than other people my age coming maybe, in with no maybe. knowledge. Did you watch BoJack though? Did you watch BoJack Horseman? No, but that is on my list because that looks incredible. You need to move that up on your list. <laughs> it's really. Good. I need to finish Shira. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you haven't finished that yet. You know what? I, yes, I, I can. What am I talking about? Yes, you can. You know me. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, okay. So, uh, it, yeah, again, in this one, it's something as simple as uh, your character is was a soldier in the military. Yes. It's like, yes. Uh, and what did you sp- specialize in? Um, I was an officer in charge of tactics. Okay. Um and your character was a sage, correct? It's like, yeah, I was a sage. And my area of study was, was uh, botany. Okay. So how did the two of you get connected? And that's like in a very sort of vague way to do it. If players are very creative, they might like how much freedom that is. If you feel like the players need a little bit more help, you might add on to the scenario and say something like, uh, you were having trouble uh, navigating through enemy territory because this the men kept getting rashes, and then you you met the sage here in order to figure out what was going on. And so, r- tell me how that went. Like, tell me the rest of that story. And they can either do that in character. Like, it was funny when we did this for Wrath of Scorned. Sometimes I was expecting people to just answer me back in the same way I was asking, which was like, well, maybe what we did was blah, 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 blah. But instead, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, there, my name is Gorthrak, you know, and then they would just dive right in. And I'd I'd be like, great, awesome. I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) Yeah. That's even better. Yeah. as, as, a, as a more experienced player now, I think I would prefer the freedom of the first one where it's like, this is your background and this is your background. You two know each other. Tell me how. <laughs> uh, now, I, I think I would prefer that kind of freedom. I think when I was getting started, I would have preferred the second uh, yes. setup. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty natural. Also, some people just work better within more limits as opposed to, yeah. to fewer uh, again, stuff I've learned from teaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's very true. I, I've run into that, um, you know, 
just as an example, some forms of poetry require a whole lot more like structure and whatnot, but the creativity within that is part part of the the creativity is working within those structures to say something new. Is that that feels like that's often the the challenge. How do I say something new with this? Um, yeah. All right. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was like a reward system and what some of those rewards might be. Okay. Okay. And so. Uh, one thing I used to do is I would reward my players for adding stuff to the game during the game, right? So I would say stuff like, you know, draw me pictures or write me journal entries in character or whatever, and then I'll give you stuff, right? And hmm. so I and I still like to do that. But the problem was is when I was doing this, like at first back in my old college days, was it was on a very individual basis, which made the most sense to me, right? So Andrew used to like not do his homework and then <laughs> and then bring me 12 drawings of his character so he could like get half a level practically, you know. Oh, geez. And then I'd have to give it to him. And then the next thing I knew, he, he had like two levels on somebody, you know, who had two levels on someone else. I mean, I'm all for asynchronistic leveling, but that seems too easy to game. It was. And then I also gave arbitrary, like, roleplay XP only, which was, like, such a mean thing to do in hindsight. I would just, I would never do that again. Um, so, what what I'm saying for the, the idea of a session zero is people show up with a bunch of stuff ready to go, right? So they're showing up with like backstories that are like well composed and have visual aids and all kinds of nonsense. And then, you know, someone's in costume or has a prop that they made, um, you know, whatever, you know, all kinds of ways to contribute creatively to the, the table and go, I care about this or the person who just cooked dinner. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Like, um, I, I, I got the, the official D&D cookbook. And one of these days, I really just want to, like, make a feast before we sit down and play. But that's, you know, that's a that's a very like, it's the first session we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everybody at the table would be like, well, I mean, obviously, she gets three levels. That's fine. You know? <laughs> um, that's that's only fair. Um, so what I would what I'm suggesting here is actually that we we pool all the points you earn from these mm. different things you can do and from the games. So like whoever won the game, it like really doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's more about like having questions that didn't go unanswered or something. Yeah. Or, or, or everyone contributed in one way or another, like a very light participation trophy. So, cause a lot of the, the, the earliest questions in session zero are, how are we doing ability scores? Uh, what races yep. and classes are and aren't allowed? Yep. Uh, what level are we starting at? Uh, do I have any items? You know, I think that about covers most of it. How are we rolling HP might be one. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. So you might make that somewhat malleable where you're like, okay, people came in really prepared. Let's go ahead and skip um levels one and two and then let's give everyone uh one rare magical item or something um Ooh. or two or two uncommons if they if they prefer you know something like that 
or I, I'll just say uh, we're going to have a shopping episode as part of our session zero. So he, instead of items, here's, you know, uh, 5,000 gold go nuts. Right. <laughs> and you're in the magical shop in the ether. Right. Wander, wandering back and forth in, in fantasy Costco, yelling at each other over the racks. Absolutely. Um, you you might be having people roll their ability scores and someone might get like all 13s and 12s and, and, eight, and two eights. And then like they're not super happy. And then they go, well, I did a drawing. OK, you can roll again. You know, something like that. Sure. I was I was even thinking about doing like a rolled stat thing w- that everyone somehow contributes to. I'm not exactly sure how you want to do that, but a way that we're rolling stats, but everyone is still pretty much equal. So anyway, different rewards you might give are experience points and levels, uh, luck dice, um, more ability score rolls or increased ability score points, uh, magical equipment, inspiration points. Hey. hey, special cards like you always see in QNC stuff, um, yep. you know, cards, tokens, stuff from like third parties, in-game contacts and influence if you want it to be more roleplay focused, um, and also things like gold, wealth, property, you know, stuff that you own, right? It's like if, if someone picks noble as a background, like that has some implications, right? Sure. So depending on how much they're bringing to the table... I might make them even more influential, right, than normal. It's like you're watching She-Ra, right? What's what's the name of the yes. daughter of the queen? Uh, Glimmer. Glimmer, yeah, Glimmer. It's like Glimmer picked Noble as a background. Yes, <laughs> right. But not only that, but we home base is Glimmer's house. Yeah, and sometimes she gets grounded in it, <laughs> much to her annoyance and chagrin. <laughs> so, like. That to me is like, okay, we're going to give you essentially unlimited wealth. It's just always a social check to convince mom to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had something like like that in uh, Swords and Sages with the Bard Sabachthani. Uh, Her her mom is very powerful in hell. Wink. Uh, so, you know, whenever, whenever she needed something, it was always kind of luck of the draw if she had it because, oh, well, mother does, does have that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 it always came at a risk because, uh, getting mother's attention means, uh, possibly, uh, reminding her of some contract that you've signed a thousand years ago. Oh man. Uh, another thing Baldur's Gate 3 does really well is enforcing contracts you make with outer beings. Oh, I'll bet that's actually really in. Uh, 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 I need to have the time to sit down and put my computer together. I have not had time. Oh, man. What have you been doing instead? Recording this show? Recording this show, <laughs> editing this show, get, making sure that the that the uh, the, the interludes episode of uh, Redacted Reports went out so that people could cry. You know, <laughs> the important things. People need to cry, dang it. Yes, they do, and they need that closure. But I'm sitting here staring at, like, the stack of boxes that all of my parts are in, and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing, or I would just start tonight. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think that that's more than enough uh, out of us. What do you think? 
Uh, I think that there's a lot of fun things that that you can do with with uh, with session zeros. Um, the, the the connecting points is something that I have done before, and I even I even made a Facebook post that night where I was like, "This is a thing that I have never seen before, and I'm going to try it going forward because I think it's really cool." Um, yeah, I think there's some really great ideas in here. There's a couple that there's a couple that I would say be very cautious with if you do it all. Really know the people before you bring it in. Um, but on the whole, like. Session zero is the time to just like kind of play with things and decide what the story that you're going to tell together is. So I encourage, I, I know that, that some people don't do session zeros and, you know, I'm not here to police your table, but I do very strongly encourage session zeros for every game, frankly, because I think that it's only good. Yeah, maybe maybe not your one shot, but <laughs> like pretty much. Well, even then, you should probably have an email <laughs> chain or something going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we we had some discussions before the six shot that was the the Dragon Age game that we did. There was still discussion about what we were doing and what was going on, even though it was you know six, six sessions in two weeks. Let's go. Yes, um, that that was a ride. <laughs> That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad people people really did like that, and I was I was pleased. Um, but anyway, take us on home. All right. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you uh, got some ideas and some inspiration from what we have talked about. Maybe you have some ideas of your own. If you do, we'd love to hear about them because we're always looking for new and cool ways to make the beginnings of games more interesting and and carry that interest all the way through. So thank you again so much for joining us. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye-bye, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inspiration Point. If you'd like to support what we do, go and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash inspiration point. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. You can also help support us by telling people about the podcast. A little inspiration goes a long way. Inspiration Point is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube or Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons on a weekly basis and have a bunch of campaigns of Call of Cthulhu, D&D, and board game playthroughs archived on their YouTube. Join us next week for more inspiration. Inspiration.